0: And a frustrating game last night. The Avalanche lose the first game of two against the Arizona Coyotes, three to two. Uh, Lots to kind of go through and a just overall frustrating, frustrating game that ended with an Avalanche loss. So uh, we'll get to kind of everything that went down in the game and what, what the Avalanche just need to do. And that's rattle off wins. Easier said than done, I know, but they, they have to get on some sort of run. Uh, let's first do first things first. Follow the show on social media outlets on Twitter, L O P N underscore Avalanche, on Instagram, search for On Avalanche, and definitely send questions, comments, and concerns to locked on avalanche at gmail.com. So the Avalanche, last time they played Arizona was a two-game sweep. And Two pretty well played games, and you knew Arizona was going to come back fighting. You know, number one, that they just lost two games to Arizona, or excuse me, they just lost two games to Colorado, and they're a professional hockey team. They're going to come out and and play to win. And once again, the Avalanche got down two to nothing. And once again, the Avalanche came back and tied it at two. And this time, the the first time they did it was against Arizona. They won in overtime. The second time was the second game against um, Anaheim. Sorry, I said Arizona. So the first time was against Anaheim where they won in overtime. The second time against Anaheim, they lost in overtime. This is the third time in a row, first one against Arizona, and they lose this one in regulation, 3-2. to And to me, it was... Uh, uh, again, two different games, and this is, you know, uh, uh, adjustment hockey, and you could tell the Avalanche were doing it, and Arizona was doing it, but for a different way, Arizona got up by two, so their adjustment was clamped down on defense, the Avalanche got down by two, so their adjustment was, we need to start throwing pucks at the net, and the Avalanche again, in the first half of this game, were trying to be too cute with things, and trying to get that pristine-looking goal. And they had to make some moves um, on the lines. Miko, first of all, Miko Miko was the center for the first line. And he did play that towards the end of the first game. I don't like that move. And I, I, the reason why I don't is because Miko is a beast. And he is a tough person to push around. And his game is against the boards where he can control the puck and you have a a defender trying to overpower him. That's not not going to work. And then he can beat him with his skill, beat him with his skating, beat him with his stick handling, and then make a play off of that. When you put him in the center position, you take that part of his game away from him. And he did fine. It's not like he played that position poorly, but you're giving up that aspect of his game which I think makes him dangerous. So I, I would much rather Gabe Landeskog be in the center position and keep Miko out on the wing. That's just me. It, it worked out. It worked out okay, and you know it wasn't awful. But um, I just think Miko is better doing what he does on a wing uh, as opposed to Landeskog on a wing and being a centerman. So, yeah, the Avs just for the first half of that game, just I think it was a combination of Arizona being up two to nothing and the Avalanche trying to do what they do far too often and trying to make, you know, the extra pass and the perfect pass and the perfect looking goal. They did hit three posts, I think, in the first period. Um, and, they they did a lot of dumping and chasing or if they do carry it in they were getting stood up right away and that was Arizona's game plan. You get Arizona gets up early and their their game is a defensive game. So when they get up, you knew it was going to be tough to come back in this game. So give the Avalanche credit for coming back against a defensive-minded team, but it took them a little while to start really figuring out figuring it out and they had to you know it, when you're down you have to be the aggressor and defensemen need to engage and that's what they started doing i don't know if you just start playing that way from the jump i know it's a little bit riskier because you're 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 getting your defenders involved more than they normally would be and maybe you'll give up uh, an odd man rush going the other way, uh, a little bit more than you would want to. But how how many better chances did the Avalanche have in the second half of that game? Literally from from the the second period, ten minutes on, it was a completely different game for the Avs because it had to be because they were down. And and you want the the way that it's working for them in that first half of that game is not working clearly. Like I know that's their style of game, but it's not working for them. They're not getting goals off of that style of play. They're getting down, and then they have to be the aggressors and and come back and tie it. And again, do you want to play that style of hockey for a full 60 minutes? I don't know if this is the way that they're doing it because you're, you're out guys like Nathan McKinnon and Cale McCarr and Bo Byram because those guys play that way all the time. And, you know, you're kind of relying on them to be as aggressive as they normally are. And you don't have guys that can do that on any particular shift right now. Mikko Rantanen's not that type of player. He's like a methodical thinker where McKinnon just goes. So you have that when Nathan McKinnon's there, you know, and you can still play that way. And he has proved they can play that way without him. But they didn't for the first half of the game. And... It, they, they got down early by two goals. Two, I guess if you want to say fluke goals, every goal by Arizona tonight was tipped. Really not much Grubauer could do on any of them. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's just the style of play that I'd like to see the Avalanche do a little bit more often. How they played in the second. They only gave up 14 shots tonight. So if you're going to play that way for half of the game and you still only give up 14 shots, I'll take that. You know, you might like I said, you might give up an odd man rush every once in a while. But if you've only given up 14 shots and you're playing an aggressive offensive style of game, go to it more. Go to it from the very beginning. And and it and it just, you know, you could see that the, the change in the first, the first half, they, they were just not winning battles in the, on the boards, in the corners. They had no sustained offensive possessions, nothing. I mean, it, it was getting frustrating. They would bring puck in their offensive zone. Arizona would clamp down. You have to give them a little bit of credit, and it would go the other way. It's kind of frustrating. They weren't just throwing the puck on net and see what could happen. They weren't doing that, and and sometimes you have to do that to get that type of a goal, and then in the second half of the game, they were, and they had a lot more high-percentage chances, and Ranta was, was, well, it was actually Darcy Kemper who got hurt somehow. I don't know how he got hurt. They were trying to show the replay on altitude. really didn't seem like anything there, so it might just be one of the fluke groin injury or something like that. But then Ranta came in, and they tried. Uh, You know, once they got going, there's nothing that you can complain about the way the Avalanche played. Uh, And and you know the takeaway, you know the that the opening period where they didn't play awful, it just wasn't consistent hockey. It was get the puck in the zone, and you can't do anything with it. I mean, they were controlling the puck, but as soon as it got into the offensive zone. Arizona was clamping down and going the other way. And then the ads figured it out. They figured out how what to do differently. That's part of the adjustment process. And they just, after that, the the way that they played in the second half of this game was how I want to see them play. I, I Technically, I was bored watching them the first half. The second half was entertaining. And that's what they need to do. That's how they need to play. So we'll talk more specifics uh, about players and things like that. But first, we're going to hear from our friends at rockauto.com. And rockauto.com, it's the family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand's specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the section where they say, where they ask, how did you hear about us? So they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection at reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. So if you take a look at the stats for this game, pretty much everything leans towards the avalanche. And if you were just to look at that, Uh, if you were just to look at the shots on goal alone, you'd be like, wow, 35 to 14. Uh, I would think the 35 would win that game. No, you'd be wrong. You know, only 14 shots on goal for, for the coyotes. I want to see what they had per period here. Uh, they had four in the first, three in the second and seven in the third. So they had as much in the third as they did in the first and second combined. You know, it, it, and again, you know, if we're if we're just honing in on the the second part of this game for the Avalanche, you're happy with that. You're obviously not happy about the outcome, but you're happy with that. And who who played well specifically? Valanchuskin, another goal. Uh, he's on fire. And you would think he's going to get some recognition league-wide uh, for his recent play. But that doesn't necessarily translate into wins. And it's kind of not right now. Uh, but his play, he you know, when you have guys out like the guys at the Avalanche have not playing, uh, the handful of guys that mean a lot to this team, you know, you're going to look back and say, like, who stepped up? And right now, Nachuskin is doing that. Again, Tyson Jost, I love how he's playing. Uh, it's not showing up on the stat sheet, but he's playing his heart out right now. And a couple times I thought he he had some pretty good looks. Uh, three shots on goal for him, but just nothing to show for it. I thought Kadri had a much better game. Six shots on goal for him. Uh, over 20 minutes of ice time another guy that they are relying on heavily he did have an assist but I, I thought he had some some really good looks he's one that I don't know if they, they called it as hitting the post it might have hit uh, the goalie first but it kind of just tucked right up in between the the goalie shoulder and the and the post uh, had an, another couple good looks just couldn't get one through uh, Burkovsky with the goal I thought he played very well. I thought he was kind of all over the place today, um, and he played well. Rantanen needed to play well, and I, I I thought he was okay. He to me sometimes on the power play, he's a little bit slow. And like I said, I think he's that methodical, like thinker type player, looking for that sliver of of room to make a cross ice pass on a power play or something to that effect, rather than kind of moving the puck around a little bit quicker. Uh, making the defense maybe trip over themselves or get out of position. Uh, defenders are just going to sit there. If, if you're not going to move, they're not going to move. So, But in, it, it works for him sometimes, but other times I, I wish he would recognize when it's not working and kind of cycle the puck a little bit quicker. Um, on the defensive end, another kind of patchwork defense. Uh, Greg Patteron was in there today because Timmins was out. Um, And, and I've been you know, harsh on pattern in the past. I thought he played okay. Like I didn't, I didn't really wasn't calling him, calling him out on, you know, kind of mental lapses on the defensive end today. And uh, Taves was obviously Taves, which is great. Uh Graves played well. Gerard continues to bleed to be kind of the anchor on this defense. And you could even say almost on this team, um an assist for him. So he's, he's just uh, really, really stepping up his game this season. And I don't think that's just because the players that they have out are out. I think he was just ready to take that next step for the season, and he's done that. And once again, Jacob McDonald, uh, he's only, he only had two shots on goal, but he took, you know, the, I wonder uh, what, like, his Corsi score is because he, he is not bashful. Uh, if he's got an inch, he is going to fire a puck as close to on net as he can get, which I love. Which that's what they need. Things happen when you shoot the puck towards the net, and and that seems to be his mindset. So he's settled in nicely. And um, again, I thought I thought they Matt Calvert was back today or last night now, which uh, and again. A guy with a history of concussions, uh, not backing down, and he had a semi-breakaway, and didn't, you know, didn't really have a good angle, and it was kind of an easy save. But I don't remember who it was. I think it was, uh, uh who I think it was, <clears throat> Demers, yeah, who kind of gave him a shot. Who's a big man? Kind of gave him a shot almost after the play was over and uh, Calvert just did Matt Calvert and and did not care and stood up for himself and the best thing was no penalty was called let him let him have at it but uh it's you know he he's he's a fan favorite he's a fan favorite when he's out there only played 11 minutes though so I don't know if they were kind of maybe easing him back in um <clears throat> and kind of worried about the concussion thing which is very real for him so again overall, I, I, I uh, for the totality of the game, um, I do like the way they played, and when you have thirty-five shots on goal, uh, only two go through. It's a combination of good goaltending on Arizona side. Um, you know, and and I should say this: they had thirty-five shots on goal, and then the Coyotes had another twenty-one blocks. So, that's over 50 complete shot, total shots that they're taking. Um, so they, they, for a team that they're playing that's a defensive team, that's that's good. That's what you want. And it just, it's not translating into goals right now. So uh, they they had an opportunity at the end of the game. Arizona was called for a high sticking. So they did pull Grubauer, but they didn't really pull him until there was about a minute and 20 seconds left on the power play. Um, but nonetheless, they had a six on four, got some looks, had some looks, and just could not put one in. Obviously, disappointed with the loss, but I hope, I hope the way that the Avalanche played at the end of this game continues and they see the the high percentage chances that they got compared to the way that they've been playing when you don't have guys like Nathan McKinnon who's who always forces the issue when he's not in there they're not forcing the issue as much as they are with him in the game and that's just that's just a fact and that's just you know he he the way he plays is that that's going to happen you can't slow him down and he wants to go 100% all the time and now that they don't have him, they don't really have that player that can do that. And they play a little bit slower game. Which is okay. But once you get into the zone, they, they struggled to really maintain possessions. And like I said in the beginning, once they figured it out, it was a completely different team. And it was a more enjoyable team to watch. Uh, but they're just not used to playing that way. So maybe that's why it didn't translate into goals. I don't know, but you you can't get mad about how they played the second half of this game. All right, what do the Avalanche need to do? The simple answer is win, but we'll talk about maybe a little bit more. But first, we're going to hear from betonline.ag. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports. Action football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards. TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. BetOnline.AG, your online sports book experts. So the Avalanche, are, are it's, again, another Jekyll and Hyde type of... This was a game Jekyll and Hyde type of game. I've been saying it's, it's been a Jekyll and Hyde type of season, but this this was definitely in one game. It was a tale of two teams. Um, the Avalanche, flat out, need to just start winning games. And I know that that's just a very simple thing to, to say, but they, they need to catch... A hot streak. And they're capable of doing it. Um, you know, they're not getting blown out. They had the one six to two loss, but they're they're not they're in almost every game. And if the Avalanche are gonna get on a run, it's gotta be this month. And I talked about this, I think it was on yesterday's show. When you look at the schedule for March, uh, they're playing for the rest of of this month, they only have two games on the road. And again, it's a different season when you know you have don't have the the fans in the crowd you know rooting on the the team. If you're away, you know you don't also don't have the crowd backing you at home. But it's it's home ice, and and you just play better on your home ice. So the Avalanche, you know, we're it's, it's March 10th, so we're starting to get into the middle of March. And the Avalanche will have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten more games just at home. 12 games total. So out of the 12 games the rest of this month, there's only two on the road. The Avalanche have to win the majority of those games at home. I'm talking like seven and three at home. Because all of these games are in the division. All of these points stay in the division. You're not getting, you know, you, when you're playing a division game, the teams ahead of you are outside the division. Everything is contained. So it's tough. And, and if you get behind, you're putting yourself in a bind in a tough spot. The Avalanche are, are slowly maybe getting there. I mean, everything is, is still, let me bring up the standings. I think they dropped to fourth last night. Uh, with the loss let me bring them up right now yeah so they are they're tied. no they' they have the same amount of games played as Minnesota Minnesota is one point above them uh with the win for for the coyotes they pull within one point of the Avalanche but the avalanche have two games in hand against Arizona and they still have three games in hand against the Blues and they're only four points behind them. So I mean when you look at things in totality like it's it's they're they're fine like they're fine position wise but how are they playing is what you're looking at if they were rising through the standings and they're playing well you you'd be feeling pretty good but it's just this you don't know what you're getting uh you know with 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 this team and what they how they're going to going to play um you know wins are not guaranteed but they do they within these these 10 home games so let's say they go 7 and 3 for these 10 home games and then split that the two games which is a back to back on March 22nd and 23rd so let's say they go 7 and 3 and then split that so that's 8 and 4 right so that's 16 points that they would gather for the the rest of this month if they can get that you are at 44 points and you have played 35 games because you're at 23 right now. So that's another 12. So th- that, maybe that's asking a lot, but it, it's kind of where the Avalanche have put themselves in. If they, if they want to be comfortable in these standings, they need to go on a run and stop playing around with hovering on that 3, 4, 5. Uh, position in the standings so they do they, they they need they they have not had that type of uh hot streak yet and it's tough it's tough to do it because you're you're playing you know the same team multiple times uh in, in a row obviously with the way this the, the schedule is set up and you don't have uh, multiple days off in a row to recuperate, to practice, and to to practice on anything. You know, the, the, like the uh, the power play has gotten better. The penalty kill, they gave up a a power play goal. The first goal for Arizona was a power play. That was the third power play goal in a row that they've given up, dating back to the Anaheim series. And they went from, they set it on air, they went from uh, number one, to they dropped to number 5 after they gave up just two power play goals to Anaheim when Anaheim went 2 for 2 and then you gave up another one you did kill another one later on and that's all Anaheim had or excuse me that's all Arizona had uh in power plays they were 1 for 2 but that I mean it's almost like a reverse now the power play is getting a little bit better you're scoring on the power play at least once a game now uh or close to it um, or, or, you know, power plays running out and are scoring, which I know doesn't count, but just saying it's looking better. And now is the penalty kill a concern? I don't know. I mean, it's three goals in a row that teams have gotten, but that's a small sample size. It's just not everything is clicking all at one time for the avalanche. And you just hope that it can with the way that the the season is made up. It might be a tall order. And, I, you know, I still you still think that they will be fine and, and, and grab a playoff spot, but you do want to see them start playing better. You do. And and th- I can almost guarantee you they'll be the first ones to tell you the same exact thing. We'll probably maybe have some sound bites tomorrow from some of the players and how they reacted to this loss. Because it would be interesting to hear. it would be interesting to hear what Jared Bednar has to say as well. Uh, is it just one of those games that for the most part you played well and just didn't come out on top? When you're kind of up and down like the Avalanche have been, uh, these losses maybe suck a little bit more <laughs> because y- you just want something to break through and, and get a win and then have a w- to have a win in a game like this uh, maybe could have jump-started something. But you found yourself on the losing end and you have to put it behind you and go right back out there. And the good thing is, the way that this season is scheduled, you don't have to wait that long. All right, that's going to be it for today, everybody. So uh, thank you for tuning in each and every day. It's greatly appreciated. And uh, we will see everybody tomorrow. So take care. Stay safe. And here's Joby. Go, Abs, go!